Welcome to the Healthcare Hustle Podcast, a multimedia project intended to highlight the careers of leaders of color across the healthcare industry. Students, early professionals, and the community at large can expect to gain valuable, unapologetic insight on the career journeys of individuals whose lived experience and personal mission has been centered in advancing health equity. Thanks for listening. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Healthcare Hustle Podcast. Today, we are joined by Dr. Kenneth Powell Jr., pharmacist in charge at Greater Health Pharmacy and Wellness in St. Louis, Missouri. Dr. Powell, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Thanks, Winston. Thank you so much, Dr. Powell, for joining us. Uh, we'd like to start off with just your origin story, where you came from, and your journey through healthcare. If you could share it with uh, you know us and the audience, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. So yeah, once again, my name is Dr. Powell, uh, pharmacy manager, pharmacist in charge at Greater Health Pharmacy and Wellness. I am originally from Memphis, Tennessee, uh, you know, home of barbecue, home, home of the blues, all of that grit and grind, that hustle. So uh, my background, I pretty much come from a very entrepreneurial family. Uh, we got two family barbecue locations down there in Memphis, A&R Barbecue, Polish Barbecue, uh, shout out to Tony Pollard, if you know him, uh, do your own research. Uh, but also I grew up in a family full of people that took care of one another. So, uh, my grandmother, she took care of herself. She took care of her grand, her husband, my grandfather took care of her mother. My grandmother, we called her big mama. She lived to be 102, uh, took care of my grandfather's brother so it was i grew up in a household full of older family members that i took part in taking care of those individuals going to doctor's appointments uh bringing them uh dinner breakfast helping them with just different care activities helping them fill out their pill counters heading out to the pharmacy to pick up medication so that was a big component of my childhood in addition to all you know just the normal fun things i got to do uh growing up but uh, that was a big part in like shaping uh, who I am today is that that taking care of people, that bedside manner, uh, building and working and seeing how my uh, family have developed businesses and just that strong work ethic uh, it really contribute to where we are today. Uh, but yeah, once I developed that, grew up in Memphis, I decided to leave and go to the uh, University of Tennessee, Knoxville, got my uh, under, undergrad bachelor's degree there in uh, food science. And also there, found out that there was a, a, an accelerator pharmacy program there uh, at South College. So after graduating, I got my bachelor's, I then went and enrolled in the accelerator program, which is about three years. So no, no summers off. Uh, no days off in that in that uh, aspect, but uh, went and got that done, and then graduated from there in 2020, and then got to got to work and becoming a pharmacist and trying to impact lives of of other people. Wow, uh, Dr. Powell, thank you uh, for sharing that background. We definitely got a shout out to the M Town as well. I'm, I'm actually, I'm in Nashville right now, but I love visiting mm -hmm. Memphis, and I went to Fisk uh, for undergrad. So, being able to to you know go to go to the city was always a nice deal. Um, yeah. Something that you mentioned that I find interesting is just kind of you know your pursuit of food science um, mm -hmm. at the undergrad level. So, a question I have for you was pharmacy and being a pharmacist, was that always uh, kind of like in your plan or your vision for yourself? Uh, towards the end of high school, yes. And trying to think about what 
things can contribute to pharmacy because pharmacy is the more professional degree, but you have to have a, I want to have a degree before then. What could I do to position myself to be a pretty well-rounded pharmacist and just contribute in a, a unique way that other pharmacists aren't contributing? I'm not trying to go into the field with a general biology degree or biochemistry degree because I know what I intend to do. Uh, but yeah, just what could I do? And first thing that comes to mind is, I mean, what's the first type of medicine there was? Food. Food is medicine. So what we put into our bodies is greatly going to affect our health outcomes and what we need to do. So what contributes to cholesterol? Your diet. What contributes to high blood pressure? Your diet. What contributes to like uh, possibly can contribute to cancer, your diet, what can contribute pretty much the whole host of things to your diet and what you're intaking and putting into your body is going to affect the type of health care you're going to ultimately have. I just, I just want to say uh, kudos to you. Uh, Cause you know, we are very, you know, health equity focused here and, and Brandon and I work for major large institutions in the region, but we still do our best to try to push things forward. And one of the things I was thinking about before our conversation was like, wow, you know, the pharmaceutical industry has a bad rap in, in certain spaces, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and you know, at the same time, we know we need our pharmacists. We know we need our pharmacies. And so to know that you already had that line of sight, like more holistic, kind of more relevant, yeah. that's just, yeah. that's that's awesome. I love yeah. that. Yeah. No, go ahead. I was, I was just gonna try, I was giving you your credit because you know at high school I think a lot of us are just trying to just trying to make it to the end of the day where <laughs> kind of are you know just planning your future yeah. and I love how you connected you know as regards to the food science to it being the original source of medicine mm -hmm. um, I think in our community a lot of times we kind of fall to the wayside mm -hmm. um, only because we don't take care of what, ourselves and what we eat right and, and, I, and I'm I'm also interested as far as why pharmacy you know what I mean like the, you, mm -hmm. you touched on a little bit you know the typical pathways you get your biology degree your chemistry degree, Degree, you go to med school why pharmacy though you know I, i'm just curious mm -hmm. well i originally i knew earlier on i didn't want to become a, a physician so what could i do adjacent to that but still participate in the medication aspect the uh the body physiology aspect of helping people and we actually established a very good relationship with the pharmacist that was providing the medications for my grandparents and my great grandmother and my great uncle that that pharmacist do us for like 15 to 18 years like we would come up to the counter already knew who we were picking up for already knew and ask us casual conversations about what our interests were and things like that so we was able to have an actual relationship with the person who's providing who's providing the medicine that allows you to ask frank questions hey what does this really do how's this going to make me feel what do i do when my grandmother starts feeling this or can i just give her something to eat do i need to call you do i need to bring it back like that relationship allows for a lot more transparency than the quick 10 minutes you get it during your physical that's an ongoing relationship with somebody that you trust that's somebody that you know has your best interest at least as far as your healthcare is concerned you know you have a go-to person that, I mean, isn't going to send you a $300 bill after asking them a question in three minutes. Yeah, that is, it's so important that you draw that distinction for us as well, right? Because again, you know, like I mentioned, I'm at BJC, Brandon's at WashU. So a lot of our work is physician and nurse heavy, mm -hmm. right? And we kind of have this lens of y'all come to us, y'all come to this big building, <laughs> yeah. and then we try to provide services for you all. But we don't typically get a chance to think of a pharmacist as a care provider, 
um, mm-hmm. in that way, right? And once I got into healthcare and started to understand the pathway a little bit more, I was like, okay, wow. So you can have a full-fledged, very rewarding career on the retail side and be at a CVS or a Walgreens. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's the way. Yeah. Or you could come into a health system, be on an actual floor, be a part mm-hmm. of a pharmacy, a part of a hospital. And this is a question I have for you. How does it feel at a startup, at a, at a community-based, you know, place? Because one of the things that you mentioned about the interaction with your pharmacist and your family uh, mm-hmm. back in the day, I never really noticed. Like there were like independently smaller yeah. owned pharmacies all around the country until I really met Marcus and was like, oh, wow, like <laughs> that's the thing. So how has that startup environment um, and how has your experience been so far just being a part of something that's new? Oh, I, I love it. I, I just love the just the endless possibilities and the things we can do. So what we're trying to do is, first of all, our mission is to be radically inclusive and culturally responsive. That there alone is a dynamic that has been missing in healthcare and pharmacy, just period. Why are we not tailoring healthcare to the communities that we're serving? Like letting people know this is what simple things like this is what a bruise is going to look like on you versus somebody else. This is how this rash is going to going to appear on you versus someone else. It's going to look based on your skin complexion. It's going to look a lot different on somebody more fair versus someone with a darker skin complexion. And they might miss it or might not even know to look for it because it doesn't look like the bright red. It doesn't look like maybe the green or the purple that you would see on a, on a fair complexion. That's the usual examples. You go to WebMD, you go to Google, you're going to see those examples on somebody else. You're going to see those reactions in different populations when certain races and different ethnicities experience different side effects for certain medications. It's just it's just just a fact of what how the medication affects those different uh, groups of people. And being at a startup is we're able to quickly pivot and accommodate those different uh, individualities that come with different groups of people. So that's what we really try to do is treat those people that fit into those gaps in healthcare. So I try to say we're more like a boutique style pharmacy with a great, hopefully a corporate Fortune 500 impact. You know, that's what we're trying to do. So we're trying to make sure everyone has a chance to get that same level of healthcare. If even more, we can provide a better level of healthcare than what you could currently get at a, at a competitor or a big box store, things like that. So we're able to, you know, change things on a dime. We don't have to wait for corporate corporate overhead to tell us something's going to happen in six months. No, we're going to do it tomorrow. We're going to do it next week. We're going to make that adjustment to better help that community that we set up shop in. Because that's that's what's that's what's going to keep us afloat. That's what's going to help us uplift the community. That's what's going to help us, you know, improve those outcomes, which is the greater goal of what we're trying to do. That's 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 awesome. Um, uh, I wanted to really just kind of jump in there and and say, can you talk a little bit more about Greater Health? Um, just so our audience is more aware. Mm-hmm. I think you guys do a lot of great things. Um, I'm a big fan of grassroots. Um, so people who are on the ground actually just doing the work. Um, so if you could just talk a little bit about your services, what Greater Health is all about, uh, you know, yeah. the backstory of it, just a little bit. Yeah, just for anyone that doesn't know, uh, Greater Health Pharmacy and Wellness is located within the Del Mar Divine. It used to be the regional hospital, it used to be uh, the old St. Luke's Hospital, 5503 Del Mar Boulevard, located at Suite B. So what we provide, full service pharmacy. We have a SSM Express Clinic located within the pharmacy. So 
trying to, once again, fill in those gaps to where patients can get service. So you don't have a PCP or you can't get into your PCP for, for another six weeks. You have a cough right now. You have something that you don't know if it's serious. You don't know if it's something that's minor. You can get that appointment today, it's tomorrow, same day. You know, if you walk in, we take walk-ins, we take appointments, and we always have a nurse practitioner on staff. So you're able to see somebody who's credible and that can also write you a prescription. And that prescription gets sent right over to me just across the hallway. So, <laughs> and also that also allows for great, uh, for us to work together with the provider. You're able to see providers work together right in front of you. When my nurse practitioner sends something over, let's say there's something I may not have in stock or something I think we need to change. Hey, this person, their copay came out to this, but I think if we switch it to this, is that still going to achieve the health outcome that you want for this patient and we can lower the copay for the patient? Or this patient, she might come over, hey, what do you have? This is what I'm trying to treat because this patient, they have an allergy to this, but uh, they need it today. So let's figure out what you have and what I'm trying to treat and let's work together on what we can do for the patient. It's going to result in that, out, that positive outcome we want for the patient. We do uh, MTMs, which is medication therapy management. So some of my patients, we sit down, we go through medication by medication and make sure they understand what medications go with which disease state that they may have or did not know they have. Uh, we make sure they understand the directions and maybe understand some uh, unique, anything that's unique about their medication that they didn't pay attention to before. Uh, I have one patient that was on levothyroxine uh, that which is for thyroid issues, but they previously were not spacing out their levothyroxine. Levothyroxine, you have to space out two hours from any medication that you're going to take from that day. Vitamins, all of it. You take most people take it very early in the morning, about six o'clock in the morning. They were taking it with their iron. They were taking it with all the medications that they had for that day, and kept wondering why their thyroid uh, thyroid results when they got their blood work done were all over the place. It was increasing their dose. They were lowering their dose. And after learning that, they was like, you know what? Something as simple as reading directions or having someone bring that to my attention that never took the time to bring that to my attention before really made a difference. And now I can go and have some type of expectation of what may or may not be affecting my body. So once again, we're trying to empower the patients, empower our community to, you know, take charge of their health care. We provide vaccinations as well. So we're doing, you know, we're doing flu vaccinations. We're doing the high dose for the uh, more and more elderly patients. We're doing uh, COVID vaccinations, the booster shots. We're doing a uh, big, big thing right now is RSV uh, virus, respiratory synthivirus. We're uh, at, we stock both of the, uh, of the vaccinations that are approved for that right now. I think it's Orexi and Abrifso. So we're uh, helping the community with that. Uh, with the elderly patients and the uh, and the babies being most prone to that virus. Uh, we're also doing pneumonia, uh, shingles, uh, just various different vaccinations to help treat the community. Wow. Uh, thank you so much for going into detail. Oh, actually... one more thing. Yes, the, one of the biggest things I missed, we provide free delivery to the entire city of St. Louis and the county. Wow. Wow. So if transportation is the issue, then we make it a non-issue and we make sure you get your medication so you can stay adherent. Transportation should not be a, a hindrance to you staying adherent to your medication. 
Wow, that if I had a DJ soundboard, I would have dropped some bombs <laughs> right there. Cause, cause, because you know, one of the things that Brandon and I chatted about before was like, you know, let's try to really understand and for ourselves and for our audience, like what are the health disparities within mm -hmm. the pharmaceutical industry or within pharmacy and, and what, you know, how would these gaps be addressed? And I think you mentioned overall just cultural competency, number mm -hmm. one, right? Yes. And taking advantage, you know, and taking advantage of having that ability to be able to talk to somebody in a way that they really understand mm -hmm. what you're saying. You, I think that you all are definitely plugging a gap on health literacy, right? Because I'm thinking about how many times I've heard stories of patients being discharged with the hospital, full list of medication, and they don't even go get the pills because they're like, I don't know what any of this stuff is. Like, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just all over the place. And then access as well. I don't yeah. know if I knew about that, that you all provided, um, you know, free uh, delivery. So let me ask you this, because mm -hmm. you mentioned about not having had that corporate overhead. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about, all of the future pharmacists or current pharmacists, like, you know, pharmacy students that are listening to this right now, like, yo, like, how did Dr. Powell get this position? Can you, you know, talk about what that journey has been like, you know, just going from the different spaces, the different environments, you know, you know, you finish school and then, you know, I'm not, I'm assuming greater health, you know, was not, you know, the first role. So how were you, you know, navigating and what were you seeing that in even, made you willing to take on a role? Because some people would argue like, hey, like it might be a jump. You know, you're, you're, this is not the big fancy. This is not the corporate box. Like, mm -hmm. are you sure this is going to work out? Right, right. Yeah. So I went through a couple of different types of pharmacy before I got to greater health. I went, I was compounding before. Um, I've worked in long-term care. I've worked in a uh, mail order. And certain things kind of stuck out to me, just the little things you can do in just those individual roles as well. There's pharmacists doing this every day. Those small tips they try to throw in real quick to help a patient. Why we why we gotta throw it in quick? Let's make it the whole, let's make it the the whole grand scheme of what we're trying to do is give people the real information that they need, the novel idea, novel ideas, the real things that they need to know and need to understand about their medication to put them in control. So what we try to do at Greater Health is not do what everyone else is doing. Let's try to keep coming up with new ideas. Let's keep trying to tweak and improve what we're doing to best serve our community. Whereas you might go to somewhere else. I don't know, a Fortune 500 company pharmacy that is going to keep pushing the same system that's failing. We're not going to keep pushing the same system that's failing. If our patients are telling us it's not working, then it's not working because we are responding to our patients. If our patients are telling us something is working, okay, it's working. Now let's keep on improving it. Let's make it better. Let's keep on tailoring it to those different populations that need us and we need to serve them and make sure that we're getting them what they need. So it is a different approach. We're not the, we don't stick to the status quo. You got to be able to accept changes. You got to be able to not uh, stick to the status quo. You got to be able to uh, adapt. You got to be, so that's what, you know, that's what Marcus already brought to the table. He's already trying to approach the market with new ideas. He doesn't want to approach the market with the same idea. I'm bringing my entrepreneurial background. I'm bringing the new ideas and concepts that I brought from food science, that I brought from my own family history, that I'm bringing from what I see wrong with the system now. I'm seeing how my patients respond to me differently than they respond to other people that I work with. Walking to a room and seeing someone light up because 
they see someone that looks like them and can provide service that's tailored to them. It's it's a very, it's a very just, it's hard to describe the feeling when you can see somebody just like open up because on some level, they just automatically want to work with you. They want to just trust you on a certain level. And if you're able to provide information that solidifies that trust, then, I mean, that's a home run right there. Dr. Powell, thank you for sharing that 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 experience with us and our audience. I think it's really just kind of one of those things that um when you're doing good work, it's rewarding, right? Um and 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 it exactly. means it means more. Um and it it, it kind of it, it raises your enthusiasm. It makes you want to kind of just double down on what you're doing. And so one of the things that I want to recognize that you guys are doing over in Great Health is addressing the gaps, right? Or addressing those barriers, um, addressing those challenges. Um, and, and, and Winston touched on it a little bit too, right? So health literacy, uh, you know, transportation being a huge issue. Mm -hmm. uh, can you talk a little bit more about some of the challenges that are unique to pharmacy, um, yeah. just for our audience? Yeah. One of the biggest things that if you ask any pharmacist, sometimes is people picking up their medication. And so that's why we want to provide free, uh, trans free, uh, delivery to our patients because, I mean, if you're in a low economic status, uh, socioeconomic area, then someone choosing between to pay the $3 to get their transportation there or the $3 to pay for their medication, I'd rather rather them spend the $3 to get their medication. If anything, let's try to remove the $3 altogether. But if you have to choose, let's, let's use that towards the medication instead of trying to you know, pay the bus fare, pay the Uber fare, pay the Lyft fare. Let me find my granddaughter. Let me find my son. Let me ask so-and-so. And let's make those patients feel independent again. All our patients, they tell us when they're going to be ready. Yes, you can deliver my medications today. I will be home between one and four. You know, I will leave the front door. No, I'm going to come meet you at the car. You know, I want to see your face, things like that. They actually... It works both ways. We care about the patients. We know just certain things about them. How was your trip? We got your medications ready for you. You told us to get it ready for you when you get back on your trip. They're asking us, how was your time off? You needed it. You work hard, you know, things like that. So we got that relationship with our patients now because we make those accommodations for them where no one else is. Everyone else is making our is having those be issues or uh, obstacles to their health care. We're not. We're actually listening. Hey, that medication made me feel bad. I'm just not going to take it. Uh, when we were able to have those conversations with them, hey, let me remind you what this medication is treating. And maybe let's have a discussion with your doctor and let your nurse know. Now, if it's that bad that you need to stop because of the side effects, then let's still keep them in the conversation because maybe they we can recommend something else for you. Maybe we can discuss and delve deeper into maybe it's a combination of your medications. Or maybe you've improved and you don't need to be on that medication anymore. And that's why you're now experiencing some of these side effects. So just pretty much just staying in tune with our community and what they need and what are the obstacles to them staying adherent, uh, maybe staying uh, connected with their healthcare providers. Sometimes they will only talk to us and we have to talk to those healthcare providers and let them know what is going on with the patient because they don't feel heard when they reach out to those healthcare providers. Can you, can you tell them for me? I've told them three times and I keep getting the same prescription. Yes, I will go call a uh, doctor, this nurse practitioner, that the PA, this, and let them know we're not, the patient's not feeling this because the patient does not feel that this is contributing to a positive health outcome for our patients. So we meet our patients where they are instead of expecting our patients to meet us where we want them to be. 
I love that. And, um, you know, you made me think of a term that I actually did not know about until talk with Marcus again, which was uh, pharmacy deserts. And just the reality that just like food deserts, again, access to medication is not something that is readily available to a lot of communities, but particularly uh, our community. And, you know, Dr. Powell, I'm hearing you the passion, the commitment is coming, you know, out through everything that you do, right? And uh, before we started, you know, officially recording, we just talked about being busy and everything. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about also your responsibilities as a leader, right, in this more innovative space. So what has your leadership development, you know, what has mm -hmm. that journey kind of been like for you? Um, and how do you, you know, it sounds like the energy is always there. But how do you, how do you, how do you, you know, make sure that energy is maintained um, amongst your staff and among your team? Oh, okay. Well, to speak on the leadership, I, I credit my patience to how my leadership is today. Uh, credit my patience because they look to me to speak up for them. And so sometimes you just you, you just move on instinct. You just find it and you know you got people that are depending on you. So you have to execute at a higher level to make sure it gets done. We work on a very limited amount of time, very limited amount of resources. We're a startup. So we don't have extraordinary amounts of money, extraordinary amounts of time. So we have to be efficient with the money we have, the time we have, the resources we have to make sure we're still executing at that high level for our patients. So I credit our patients with that. Also, I credit Marcus uh, to the to my leadership development as well, because we're operating in a very uh, new space. We're trying to create a path for ourselves and for others that isn't there. And if it is there, it's clouded. There's bushes, there's, you know, there's everything clouding the path that we need to take. There's people putting obstacles in that way of what we need to do for our patients. So we're trying to navigate that path. And that takes, that, that develops your leadership in that, in that regard as well is making those tough decisions, executing on those decisions and standing firm and believing in those decisions that we've made in that path we're trying to blaze for the, uh, for the pharmacy and for other pharmacies that want to do the same thing that we're doing. Oh, and you also spoke to the energy too. Yes. The energy is also the patience. The patients mm -hmm. bring all the energy to the pharmacy. It is always a good time in the pharmacy. Once again, we are a community, we're a family. So when we get a couple of patients in, in the in the pharmacies, some of them know each other, some of them don't, but everyone is friends once they leave the pharmacy. <laughs> it is always a great time uh, when patients come to pick up their medication and have questions. It is always a good time in the pharmacy. That that is beautiful, and uh, Brandon, I think I'm gonna alley oop you. So I want to ask Dr. Powell one more one more question because he mentioned something else that I want to highlight as well. You know, the the demand generated by your patients really, like you said, you have to provide that high quality, excellent service mm -hmm. at a faster pace, not a lot of time, not you know as many resources as some of mm -hmm. these bigger spaces. And I just want to share that as a message to everybody that finds herself in the more corporate academic side of things. Mm -hmm. We can have this energy too, to yeah. feel like, hey, despite yeah. the fact that we have money, time and resources, and mm -hmm. we can ignore a few emails for a few mm -hmm. days, like we can also, you know, move at yeah. the speed. So that's just something really important I want to call out. And I want to thank you for sharing that. Another thing, and I'm glad you mentioned it, that I wanted to ask you about was what has the interaction been like with the larger healthcare ecosystem? Uh, you know, there's a lot of players in St. Louis and, and, and how have they received you all? Um, 
say overall, it's been pretty good. They understand the the niche that we're in. Uh, sometimes they send them over because they know we provide that free delivery. They understand there's still good pharmacists out there that are working for those larger corporations. They understand what we're trying to do. They understand that, yeah, I know why this patient is leaving. They're halfway picking up the medication at my pharmacy. But if you can deliver to them, I really hope for the best outcome for that patient. So I'm glad that you're taking them on. Hey, I'm glad that there's another pharmacy in this market that's going to help fill those gaps that I personally can't fill myself like, because of the, the overhead or the types of programs that my pharmacy already has. I just don't have the time. They, they, you know, they don't have the staff or things like that where we can assist in that. We're all trying to work together in the same community. Now, some places they have thrown up hindrances and things like that, but you know what? That just further you know, invigorates us to execute at a higher level once again for our patients. Our patients, they side with us all the time. Yeah, you tell them, I said, I want my medications. I'm on your side. Did they give me any problems? All right, I'm going to call them myself too. They're not going to talk to my pharmacy like that. You know, things like that. They stand up for us. We stand up for our patients. So they really feel included in the pharmacy. They feel included in their own health care now. We let them know what they can do. Like, hey, you can call them, let them know too. Let's tag team this. You call them and I'm going to call them as well. And let's get this done in, a, in an effective manner because this is your medication. This is your healthcare. So let's bring you into the into the fold as well. That's um, that's amazing. Honestly, I love the fact that you're able to collaborate well with other physicians and as well as just identifying the or these organizations identifying you as, a, as an essential resource to, you know, just fill the gaps for those that, are uninsured, low income, just don't have the ability to to, to cover these these these, right. these medications. And so I think what, what Winston's kind of just winding me up here. I wanted to ask and get your thoughts really on mm -hmm. um, programs like you know 340B or the Medicare Part Part D. Um, mm -hmm. as far as just you know they fill in those gaps for maybe people who can't afford the cover or excuse me the mm -hmm. medications. Um, can you just for our audience and maybe for for us as listeners too? Um, what are your thoughts on where I guess um, funding is going federally. Um, just curious. Uh, I think funding is going in the right direction. So yeah, 340B, they, you know, that's that's a program to help get medications for disenfranchised groups at a cost that they can actually afford and that facilities can afford to actually provide their medication to those populations. So what we're trying to do is, you know, we're trying to help out the HIV community. We're trying to help out those uh, communities that are taking specialty drugs that are hard to access and things like that. And Medicare Part D, making sure our patients are choosing the right plans and making sure they understand what their plan covers so they have the right expectations. Because the last thing you want to do is let a patient know that their medication isn't covered that previously was covered last year, it is not covered this year or that they would expect to have covered, and what do I do now? So that's also part of that health literacy that we do. We let help patients understand the insurance aspect of what they have and things like that. Say, hey, this is an over-the-counter item. Your insurance is not going to cover this. This will be the cost. So these are the types of avenues that you have to get this medication. And this is where how we can help you get this medication at a cheaper cost or lower cost or more effective cost than when you were getting it discounted through your plan last year. So letting them know the options, what's covered, what's not covered. Then maybe going back to the doctor and letting the doctor know, hey, what you're giving them, what you're prescribing them is not something that's covered by their insurance. These are the things that are preferred with their insurance plan. Is this any, are these options fit what you're trying to accomplish for the patient? 
I think, you know, I appreciate um, your thoughts and that breakdown. And I think, you know, um, we're all too familiar with how debilitating uh, costs for certain medications can be. One of my best friends has Crohn's disease um, mm-hmm. and was recently telling me that he's a part of a pilot program with Johnson & Johnson. But the if he wasn't a part of the program, the medication would cost $65,000 per year. And right. It's, a, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like there's just no way he'd be able to, to, to do that. And so, you know, I would love to also get your thoughts on just where is that? What are your thoughts on where we're going in healthcare in general? Right. Because mm-hmm. one of the beautiful things that I just love to hear that you all are doing at greater health is you're growing. So, you know, business is good, but at the same time, you're actually meeting a need. Whereas mm-hmm. in general, if we just being honest, it's a lot of growth in healthcare, but that doesn't mean that needs are being met, uh, you know, right. on, a, on a national exactly. perspective. So exactly. just exactly. how do you, how do you kind of see just where the industry is going in general? And do you feel like we could see eventually the greater health being the, the big, the big players um, in an ecosystem? Yes, I think, I think we could, and I would like for it to get there because if we get to that big size, then that's when you can start making demands. You can start demanding these companies to provide things that are more at a more equitable price for the patients. You can start demanding these things. Okay, if you're not going to get it done, we're going to find someone else who will. I think we're heading in the right direct right direction, but we're not there yet. We have people that desire for it to be at a certain state, but we're not there yet. We need to have more people, more players, more companies that want to drive, continue pushing and driving the industry to a point to where, okay, you're creating these drugs and these things for these patient populations, but what good is it if nobody can use the drug? It's just sitting on the shelf. We have options just sitting on the shelf rather than treating treating patients. So what we probably also need to design programs along with the drugs while they're being, let's not make the drug, then make the program. Let's already have the program in place when the drug is released. That way we can effectively see it work with the patients that it needs to be working for. No, that's, that's absolutely brilliant. You really are uh, really giving us a lot of insights on to just how to think differently. Right. Cause I never, I've never had anybody say, imagine having more, you know, um, small businesses, startups, black owned businesses, focus on culturally competent care. And then that creating the external pressure. Right. Like right. I, that's, that's a new, that's Correct. a, yeah, new pathway for me. So I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta digest that a little bit. Yeah. Um. So, it's been a year, a year and some change since Greater Health has been open. Yes, this month makes a year we have hey, been open. That Most is businesses absolutely. fail in a year, and we are still <laughs> growing and thriving. That is amazing. So let's talk about that business and that growth mm-hmm. and just you know what is you know obviously we you've given us all the sauce like in terms of this is how <laughs> you've been able to be so amazing um but just from a growth strategy standpoint uh you know you all be opening a second location uh so just what is what is what does that look like um for you all yeah so the next location will be with a with another health center so that health center once again be helping those patients giving that complete health care so making sure they have access to doctors nurses dentists, eye doctors, things such as that, uh, HIV specialists, things like that. So once again, connect those dots. 
we want to grow, but we want to purpose purposely grow in a way that helps our patients. So we don't need to keep making standalone entities. We need to grow and make partnerships along the way. We need to keep bringing other resources into the greater health ecosystem. And so that's once again, dialing in on those new ideas, new concepts, novel things. We don't need to have greater health on every corner, but we do need to have greater health that are greatly impacting the communities that we are strategically trying to place them in. So once again, uniting and making that full health circle. So the pharmacy with the doctor, with the nurse, you come at your doctor's appointment, you can pick up your medication. Or you can't pick up your medication, then we need to let the doctor know before you leave. We you know having that complete ecosystem of healthcare is what's driving our success right now. Having patients that trust us, having that radically inclusive, culturally responsive content is what's driving us. So people feel like they're at a place that is for them, belongs to them, and is working for them. That is what's driving the success right now. And I think that's what is, you know, finally getting around throughout the community. We are a community of word of mouth. We are a community of experience. What was your experience there? Because if your experience wasn't good, then I'm I'm not going to go. Also, you know, you also got to gotta keep the name out there, too. People have to constantly see the name. They have to constantly see who's working there, what are we doing, making sure we still keep a nice facility. People want to go where they feel they it's nice. They want to have something that's nice. They don't want to have nothing that's crappy. They want to have something that is neat, put together, and is efficient, and is professional. And that is what we provide. You're going to come in. You're going to see a nice facility. You're going to see professional people working hard to provide you the best health care we can. Greater health doing greater things for the community. Seriously. I love, I love Absolutely. it. I love it. <laughs> and you guys are making a lot of things happen. And I and I love to see it. And um, and I'll be honest with you, I, and I told you at the beginning, man, I was really excited about this one. Um, partially because you know, I started I, I started off as Xavier, um, chemistry mm -hmm. food pharmacy. So I'll be honest with you, I hit that organic <laughs> one, organic two, that nomenclature guy. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's um, the kicker right that's typical, there. That's typical administrative pathway, I'm gonna be honest with you, but um, I was really excited to be able to sit down with a black male pharmacist, right? Because, um, you know, I, I did my research. I just looked on, um, you know, just kind of Googling stuff and just looked around. Only 7%, right, of pharmacists are black. And I didn't even, I didn't even drill down to see, you know, as far as gender base or anything like that. Um, could you, um, as, as, a, as a representative, right, could you talk to our, our audience and some of the younger audience, of course, Give us advice on the path that you took, uh, the amount of work it took. You said you gave up a few summers. Um, you know what I mean? Just talk gave, a little yeah. bit about that and what goes into that. Because I think, you know, at, at the end of the day, we got to get your roses, man. You you, uh, you you achieved something. You, Marcus, the whole team. And so just if you could impart, take a little bit of a, a advice or just insight into just that, that path. Yeah, yeah. Before I touch on that path, I would like to highlight, like like you said, there's not a lot of pharmacists that look like, look like me. And before I got to Greater Health, I hadn't worked with another Black male pharmacist ever. Ever. And now I get to work with, there's a whole, there's like a team of three of us now. <laughs> and then let alone get to work with another Black professional, a Black CEO at that, that's leading the whole initiative. I mean, that is like, that is like, I, I, don't, I don't know, that's what to call a needle in a haystack. That is one of a kind in its own regard right there. So we we are definitely a unique unicorn in the whole healthcare space right now. And just 
in a lot of professional spaces, just to be honest, too, to have this many Black professionals working together in the same space. But uh, yeah, the pathway, I, I'm not going to lie, it's difficult. You're the only one in the classrooms. Oftentimes, you're the only one asking, if you want to ask a question, you're the only one raising your hand. You're the, sometimes you got to do some work by yourself. Sometimes you have to take the initiative and go work with other groups that don't want to work with you. But if you can understand your end goal, understand what you want to achieve, then that's all the driving force you need. You know what you're going to do. You know what impact you want to have. So that's pretty much what my driving force is. When I when the tough really gets you down, like, okay, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to keep getting told no? Do I really want to keep, you know, it doesn't have to be this hard. It's not hard for everybody else. Why does it have to be this hard for me? And then you got to remind yourself of what you're trying to do and why you're trying to do it. So it takes a lot of self-motivation. takes a lot of determination. But you know what? That's what separates you in the end from everyone else. Everyone else went may go into the field very lackadaisical. You're going into the field driven. You're going into the field with a purpose. And you're going there with a drive that nobody else has. And that's what allows us at Greater Health to be successful because we're still driving. We're not, we're not comfortable yet. <laughs> we're not comfortable where we are yet. We're, you know, uh, what's the term? Positive discontent. We're happy about what we're doing, but we're not satisfied. We still got some more work to do and we're still going to bring more people along with us. I want to see more black males in pharmacy. I want to see more black women in pharmacy. I would like to see them at Greater Health, but see them in the industry as a whole <laughs> is the more important thing. And that way we can, you know, mold the industry in a way that is not being molded right now. Once again, giving people education that's tailored to them and not just generic information for them to interpret for themselves. Dr. Powell, thank you so much um, for those gems. And uh, we are coming up on time here. We said we'll get you out because we know you got, <laughs> got stuff to do. Um, but what I do want to say is, you know, this has actually been a really brilliant conversation. You know, we have had, you know, of course, we've had the CEO of Greater Health Markets on before. We've had other Black entrepreneurs in the healthcare space on the show. But I will say that you really have given us tactics and strategy and logic, one of the things that were most profound that you said is we don't need a greater health on every corner, right? And you talked more about that system strategic approach at really providing the care. And I think that is so important because a lot of us that sit on the side before we get a chance to be, mm -hmm. you know, a part of a, a fun, fancy startup, <laughs> it's like, you know, we're frustrated, but we're also trying to make the money, but we want to care for yeah. our community. And so exactly. it could just be hard, I think, sometimes to work that out. But, you know, just through... The gems that you dropped, it seems like it's very smooth. <laughs> like y'all approach is very, very smooth. And I'm like, oh man, these are the conversations we need to be having more because this wasn't even just pharmacy. This was pharmacy and business and and and, yes. and change and impact, yes. you know, all at the same time. So, like Brandon said, we want to give you your roses, your flowers, and uh just thank you for joining us. And right before we, you know, uh log off. Is there any way, uh, any social media um, accounts or platforms that you use in which people may be able to reach out to connect to you if they have any questions uh, just for you about your career, what you've been doing so far? Oh, yeah. You can always reach me at the pharmacy, 314-253-13. You can always find us on all our handles, our Greater Health Pharmacy and Wellness. See if catch us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. And uh, yeah, if you have a question, you want to know anything, you want to transfer your prescriptions to us, just let us know. <laughs> 
uh, just have a conversation uh, with me. We do a lot of tours come in. We speak to a lot of different uh, youth from different high schools. They come in, ask questions. It's not the most, most glamorous career field, but it is a very impactful uh, career field. And we're trying to make it a little a glamorous too. We're trying to make it fun. We're trying to add some personality back to pharmacy. You know, come in, you can you can laugh, you can learn, and you can see people that look like you at the same time or not look at you and still get the same service. But uh, yeah, you can catch us. All our handles are great to help pharmacy and wellness on everything. All right. Well, Dr. Powell, thank you so much for joining us. Thank All right. You. I was glad to be here. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, uh, Winston. Well, that's it for the episode. And we want to thank you for listening to the Healthcare Hustle podcast. Make sure to check us out each month on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and stay up to date with the Healthcare Hustle fam by following our page on LinkedIn. The marathon continues, so keep on hustling.